Hey, it's Mateo Lopez of Two Brain Marketing. On this edition of the Two Brain Marketing Podcast, I'm talking to Jonathan and Tyler of CrossFit Resurrection. You'll hear about their experience going from coaches to buying out the previous owners of their gym. You're going to learn more about their growth in the Two Brain Incubator and how last month they spent $800 on ads and generated over $5,000 in front-end sales. You'll also hear their take on what it takes to have and maintain a successful partnership in the gym business. So you don't want to miss this. Make sure to subscribe to Two Brain Radio for more marketing tips and secrets each week. This episode is brought to you by Healthy Steps Nutrition. I first met Nicole over a year ago when one of my favorite CrossFit affiliates introduced me to her because Nicole was helping them, Sam Brumenshankle at CrossFit Port Orange, start a nutrition program in her box. And that conversation turned into something larger. A year later, Nicole has a fantastic bolt-on nutrition program that you can add to your box anywhere in the world. So if you're thinking, I need to start presenting better nutrition information to my clients, or I need a new revenue stream, or I want to know more about nutrition, but I don't know where to get started, Healthy Steps has that. What they're going to do is put you, or one of your coaches even better, through a course, get them qualified to start teaching nutrition, Then they're going to add you to a private Facebook group. They're going to give you a rollout so that you can do a nutrition challenge at your gym, which more than pays for the cost of enrolling them in the course, and then provide an ongoing mentorship program for your nutrition program so that you can continue to run things for your clients, like a nutrition accountability plan every month like we do at Catalyst. Nicole is a fantastic person, and after launching Healthy Steps Nutrition Online, she actually opened up her own box. She's working with some massive clients, including some big, big school boards across the country now, and she's in a great position to actually change people's lives with nutrition. You can be a conduit for that. Your clients need nutrition advice and counseling. Healthy Steps is the best possible solution to this. It's bolt-on. You can take a coach who's passionate about nutrition and give them the help they need to start a program overseen by a registered dietitian, Nicole Marchand. Healthy Steps Nutrition is a proud sponsor of Two Brain, and I am so glad to have them. Nicole will be speaking at our summit in Chicago, June 3rd and 4th this year. You do not want to miss her. Hello and welcome to the Two Brain Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Mateo Lopez. I'm one of the digital marketing mentors at Two Brain Business. Thanks for tuning in. This is your weekly dose of digital marketing magic. Every week, we'll go over marketing campaign strategies, useful tips, and updates to keep you in the loop on what's going on on advertising on the internet. And in today's episode, I'm coming to you from Los Angeles. I'm not in my normal office for those of you who are watching this instead of just listening to it. Um, so that's why I might look a little, might be in the dark slightly. But we have very special guests today. We have Jonathan and Tyler from CrossFit uh, Resurrection. And... Uh, in this week's video, in this week's, uh, in this week's episode, you're gonna learn about their experience and how over the last month they spent uh, over eight hundred dollars in paid ads and were able to generate over five thousand dollars in front end sales. So we're gonna learn about that right now. What's going on, guys? How much how are you? Doing great. Doing great. Um, for those tuning in, maybe don't know you, tell us a little about who you are, where you're from, and what's your business? Yeah, so um, my name is Jonathan Gibbons, um, and this is Tyler Lee. Uh, we are co-owners of CrossFit Resurrection, and uh, we're located in Barrie, Ontario, Canada. 
I think we've been owners for about three years now. We took over uh, from an ownership team that opened it up in 2011. Uh, we were both members and kind of approached with the opportunity to take it over. Um, I think it kind of grew to the point where it was no longer a hobby for the current owners and they kind of approached it wasn't what they were getting into and they wanted to get out. So we took on the opportunity to purchase it and build it up. That's where we are now. How'd you guys get into uh, CrossFit? I came from uh, I came from a hockey background, and then uh, when I was done playing hockey, um, I kind of still had a, a big competitive drive to be fit and want to be healthy. And uh, I had a few years lapse where kind of my health went to went poor, I guess is what you say. And um, so a buddy of mine introduced me to CrossFit, and uh, I think like in the first week, I was I was in love with it and the methodology of it and just the intensity of it. I, I it, something that was really geared towards my interests, so it wasn't hard for me to pick up and fall in love with it yeah I kind of came from a similar background just playing a lot of sports as a kid had a scholarship to the states for soccer and it kind of just found CrossFit as a way to fill a competitive void um, I started actually doing it on my own like just at a regular gym and in my garage at home and uh, just found it was just easy to follow the structured workouts and compare to people across the board and that kind of lured me into a CrossFit gym, just made it a little bit easier to do the open actually. So that was, that was the main reason I got into it. Um, and I think that was back in 2014. Just been doing it ever since. Awesome. And how long have you been with two brain? We've been with two brain for November. eight, eight what, months now. Was yeah. it November or yeah, October? November. November? Yeah. November, 2017, 2018, 2018. Yeah. It's 19. yeah, yeah so about, about eight months now. Yeah. And what was life like? before going through the incubator business life was um i found that like tyler and i both we both come from backgrounds where we've kind of been taught to work really hard and that like no matter what hard work will always kind of pay off and 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 we'll get where we need to go when we took over the business so we we thought like you know as long as we worked hard things are going to work out in our favor and things were always going to get better and i think about like i don't know halfway through year two we kind of realized that like we were working really hard, but we were kind of just spinning in circles and like, we'd go up in, in revenue, we go down in revenue, yeah. we go up in revenue. And, and it was like, we wanted to figure out, we wanted to know what we were doing was going to be in the right direction. We kind of always want, we wanted to figure out how we could always just be going up ideally. And then we kind of looked back at like, at our, you know, our abilities and what we were good at and what we knew, what we knew and kind of, we needed to realize what we understand what we didn't know and uh and that led us to uh to kind of join up with two brain we had uh, i attended a seminar i think like three years almost three years ago um with chris and uh, i came back kind of really fired up and we made some changes immediately back after that seminar from chris and uh, that led to some actually a really positive experience and then i think we kind of thought we were good from there and and then we, you know, we carried on with the way we were going and we eventually in back in November, it led to us signing up with, uh, to join the incubator program. Um, so I wouldn't say like business was poor before we got involved. It just really wasn't going anywhere. Drastically yeah, out. I would say like at the point that we took over, it was pretty much in a position like it, it could only have room for growth. It was pretty it was a pretty small operation, like home run operation. There wasn't a lot of systems in place. And by that, I don't even mean like business systems. Like we didn't have a POS system. We had no way of like tracking any like financial income or, 
or profit or, or expenses. It was literally just like play by the seat of your pants and you just kind of pay the bills as they came in. So we kind of, I think we did a good job at organizing it from that end, getting a POS system, starting to have like an account and track stuff for us. And that seemed to organize things a little bit for us. But at the time, I don't think we knew really why we were running in circles until we did this. But now looking back, I think it's safe to say that we just didn't have any systems in place and we were just relying on ourselves to do everything. And when we were, when we were in the gym, we're putting a lot of time into something. For example, we run a, a massive competition that it started small and it's grown into a big competition in December. And when we put a lot of time into it, it creates a lot of revenue and, and, and we build it up and we market it just based off our own social media platforms. Um, and we built it up to like 150 people, like what, 60, 70 teams in this mm-hmm. competition. And then we would generate ten to $15,000 in one month, but then we would just we would wear ourselves thin and we would just relax for a bit and we would create enough revenue from that to kind of float what we needed. And it just wasn't carrying over. But now looking back, it's like, now we just, we have a lot of systems in place where we don't have to do a lot of these things. They kind of take care of themselves or we have employees doing it. So it's kind of streamlined the operation a bit and just made it way more sustainable. Why did you decide to go to that first seminar with Chris? So they attended the seminar just basically on chance. Like Tyler was at the comp. I had nothing to do. And Jen and Steph, the uh, the owners of CrossFit Industry, they were boasting about Chris so much and they were saying how good he was. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'm going to go. And uh, so it was just by pure chance that I went and it was, uh, Chris is very inspiring and he's very motivating. And uh, I came back to to Ty with, with like a level of excitement that was, he, he had a hard, Ty had a hard time understanding it, like until he actually, you know, read some of the material from Chris and, and got some understanding. But it's, it's easy to come back from, from a conversation with Chris and be super motivated and, and eager to do things. I actually had the opportunity to have like a one-on-one conversation with Chris after a seminar. And, uh, he helped me make probably one of our toughest decisions. I would say one of our toughest decisions as owners, um, uh, to date. So, um, one and of the he, best lessons I've probably learned. Yeah. And best lessons. Yeah, for sure. So he helped us make that decision. It was great. You want to tell me what that was? Yeah, we uh, so when we took over the uh, we took over the business, we agreed to keep on the previous owners. Let's, as, yeah, let's let's just start by saying uh, when we took it over, what, what would they been operating for? That would have been like their fourth year. Yeah, fourth or they no, been, fifth year. Fifth so year. they were operating for five years at the same with zero inflation on pricing. So their their prices were set back in 2011, and they hadn't made a five cent increase since then in five years. So we were kind of stuck at that price, that price point, which I think at the time was approximately 50 to $80 a month less than our competitors. So we were getting a lot of the, a lot of the clients that just didn't want to spend the money at these other facilities. And, and we had, we were, we were starting to increase our volume that way, but then Gibby will tell you what, what, what our next step was with Chris um, and why it was a difficult one. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. Well, Chris, initially when I, when I met with them, there was two things that Chris kind of encouraged me to do and go home and take action on was, um, increasing our prices was the number one and how to do that. And then the other one would have been, um, we had to get rid, we had to fire essentially the previous owners because we agreed to keep them on as, uh, as coaches. And it was, um, they had a very negative response to us increasing prices because they set those prices originally. They were kind of going behind our back and 
creating a very negative environment in our in our facility. So I think I think they just had way too many personal relationships, and it was just getting in the way of like business operations even before we took over. Yeah, I think that was the biggest issue they had. Yeah. So we sat down with them, and uh, it was a really hard thing to do because we'd known them for so long. Um, so we had to we had to let them go. That was a tough decision, but kind of if I didn't have that conversation with Chris, um, I definitely wouldn't have been able to come back uh, with the understanding and the confidence to make that decision. When people go through the incubator, a lot of times they're faced with some of these tougher decisions. Um, what advice do you have to anyone who is thinking about, hey, maybe I need to raise my prices or I need to make some kind of pretty significant change to the business? What, what's your advice to someone in how to... Uh, address the members and, and deal with that. And I think I learned this from Chris when give, after Gibby had talked to him was like definitely calculated out. Like there's a lot of math behind doing your metrics and figuring out first of all, where, what you're going to increase to um, how you can justify your increase. And then you can do the math and the metrics on it and kind of see if how many members you lose, make it worth it. How many members and, and, or how many members you have to lose for it, for you to start losing money. Um, and we kind of found like, based off the services that are being provided around us and from, from competitors or, or fellow CrossFit gyms, if you want to call it. Um, and we kind of found that healthy median of where we could kind of justify the increase. We could also pad any like loss of, of clients at the same time and kind of break even. So we're running at less volume, but we're, we're running at way higher value. And I would say if, if you're at that point and you're trying to make that decision, just punch those numbers quickly or, or contact two brain and, and get them to calculate it for you, talk you through it, and then just make the, make the increase. Don't try to justify it by grandfathering rates in or, or making small increases. It's just kind of just, I think, I don't even know if they mentioned it, but just rip the Band-Aid off, you know? Make, <laughs> make a big jump and pull the Band-Aid off. I, I was terrified, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I found my biggest advice for people would, uh, most CrossFit gym owners, we come in and we're, that, that whole left brain, right thing, right brain thing is like, we, we often make decisions based on our emotions and how we feel and our, off our personal relations. And I think uh, what Tyler's alluding to is that, you know, look at the numbers, right? The number um, it's, it's okay to look at those numbers and it's okay to use those numbers. It's, we, we need to kind of, it's great that we, we work with our emotions and we work with personal relations, but it's also just as important to, to work the other side of the brain and, and crunch those numbers and use those numbers. I, I feel like you feel like the enemy or you feel like a bad person when you want to make money. Uh, and I think we went through that for a few years. We both have jobs outside of the gym and I, I, you almost feel guilty trying to make a profit. You know what I mean? So we spent the first couple of years, it's like trying to put money back into the gym and not paying ourselves because it was like, well, I don't want to pay myself because people are going to think like I'm trying to screw them over. Or I'm trying to take their money, but it's like, like, this is a business. Like we should be making money. And I feel like a lot of people are scared to do that. You know what I mean? You don't want, yeah. you don't want people to think you're just in it to take their money. But if you're providing them something like you should be making money off of it is, is the easiest way for me to put it. And it took me a while to realize that. Yeah. It's a, it takes, it's a hard, it's a, it's a mind shift. For sure, it's a it's a shift in thinking. I, I went through the same thing, man. I, I you know, when I was in, on the employee side too, it's like, oh no, I, I shouldn't ask for more money. Like I shouldn't, like this is what I you know supposed. I don't want people to think I'm taking vacations or no. Like and, and I and I get it. And I think I think it is because it's so interpersonal, Personal, right? right? You're selling yourself. You you are selling. selling. It, it, it is, is a relationship business in a lot of way. way. In a lot, in a lot of, ways, of ways, right? right? Um, um, 
But yeah, but if you, so if I think you that's one product, that offers lots of value, then yeah, it's worth it. A hundred percent. And but I think it's why getting. I think it's why it's not instinctual for us to think if you're coming into this from a from that kind of a background of helping first and and, and yeah. just loving CrossFit and I think it's why it's hard to see that. But yeah, I think it's it's the but once you can understand that and like you said, look at the numbers. It's it's critical because if you don't, if you can't make a profit, if you can't profit, you can't pay yourself, you can't grow, and you can't you can't help people. Yeah, totally. Well, then we're talking about numbers. You mentioned earlier your competitions and some of the things like that. What is it that you guys sell and how do you sell it? I would say that we, we sell solutions to, to people's problems or sell solutions to their, their goals. Right. Yeah. And we, number one, we sell coaching. Like we, we sell a fix. We don't, uh, we don't kind of beat around the bush. We, we, we sell a solution to someone's problems via coaching. And that could be in, in a, a number of different ways, whether it be nutrition, whether it be movement, whether it be group class, group class way, lots of different things. And how do you sell it? We sell face-to-face. Like we sell it uh, through relationships, face-to-face relationships. Um, we, we get people in the door uh, and we, we sit down with them and we tell them how we can help them. And we, we make sure that that meeting occurs face-to-face with people so we can create that, uh, that relationship. You mentioned getting people in the door. What was your strategy for attracting new members prior to Two Brain? Just uh, just organic growth and word of mouth. I think we were starting to build up a bit of a social media platform on Instagram just because there wasn't one before. Um, but we had no way of uh, tracking leads or drawing leads in or or giving them the opportunity to book. It was pretty much just simply putting out an email address and a phone number and hoping for the best. Yeah. Word of mouth from our current member, like yeah. referrals sometimes or people would walk people in. that were walking in were finding us on, on the web. We, we had no digital marketing in place at all. And why, and why, so, and was it just the time issue or was it just, you had nowhere to start or, you know, what, 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 just, what was preventing you guys? A lot about it at the time. Like we neither of us had business backgrounds. I had no experience with doing like digital advertising. I, I think one of the steps we missed here too, uh, before we got into two brain is we actually had a friend of ours who's in, in marketing and advertising. He actually came to us and said, Hey, like nobody's running ads in this area you guys need to be running ads. And we were like, what, what the hell are ads? <laughs> like, yeah. what are we doing? Okay. How do you know what you're talking about right now? Like we can't afford that. You know what I mean? Like we didn't, we just didn't know what know enough about it to, to give him an educated answer. And he was like, well, I'll be your guy. Like I'll, I'll get you set up. I'll get all this stuff in place for your marketing and advertising and stuff. And then he was like, the question that he came back with was if I get you guys a hundred people in the door, how many of them can you sell? And then that was when like, whoa, okay, like we need to, we need to sit down and think about this. So he left and uh, Gibby was like, or John was like, we need this. I think we should do two brain. (laughs) And now that now going back, looking back through it, it's like we essentially would have been jumping through the incubator, going right to marketing and we would have had no systems in place to to handle the volume of people that he would have generated because the leads would have came. I've seen how the marketing works now. The lead, he would have got us a hundred people in the door and we probably would have been able to sell zero of them. (laughs) <laughs> we just wouldn't have been able, we wouldn't have been ready for it. We would have had no processes in, in place. We would have, we wouldn't have known what to do. So that was kind of where we started with two brain was like right at that moment. I think we signed up for two brain the next day. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Thank so God. He, so, so he, so he said, so he said, if I get you a hundred, if I get you a hundred people, I get you a hundred leads. Are you going to be able to sell them? And yeah, you, you said, said you have processes in place to handle that. And we said, and we said, okay, 
we didn't even answer him. I don't think. I think we just said, "Yeah, give us a couple of days and we'll think about it." Yeah, we knew. We, we <laughs> kind of were overwhelmed. We're like, yeah. well, what, what do we do with a hundred people? Like, what do we do with hundred leads? How do we sell? Like, yeah, we might have been able to sell a few, but I'm not here. I can't do it. Yeah. Like, it was me and John were like, "Well, we're not here," and we had no coaches that were making sales at that point. They yeah. didn't even know how to input people in a computer at that point. Yeah. We were doing all that. Right. So this is a this is a problem that a lot of people have. Even going through the incubator, it's like, hey, I'm I'm still coaching all the classes. Like. I don't know how I'm going to take care of this. So obviously you went through the, the mentoring process, but how did you guys fix this problem? Because that was really the, 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 it seems to be the blockage. All right, there is a way to get 100 leads, but there's a, there's a systems error. We won't be able to sell them. So how did you, how did you guys end up fixing that problem? The incubator. So the incubator <laughs> helps out a lot. So uh, working with our mentor, we created a lot of systems on like, um, and through the marketing too, like uh, lead nurturing, following up with people. Um, we taught basically, we learned how to do, do, how to do the sales, how to do NSI. Like we implemented NSIs. We implemented a proper on-ramping process, like a structured SOP to on-ramping process, um, a structured like SOP uh, NSI process. Um, just recently, well, within the last few months, we've worked with like standardizing and SOP and um, how we do our lead nurturing. Um, so, having those processes in place and having a systematic approach to how somebody comes through your door right from, you know, right from their opt-in or right from even like if they don't go through the click, even from a phone call, having that process that everyone follows the same process has standardized everything and made it. So it's, you know, there's no question about yeah. how there's no confusion. No, no assuming common sense. I think is what Chris says. <laughs> yeah write out everything, every little process, even the, the benign process that you think anybody would be able to do and figure out, make sure you write it out. So we started writing out literally everything, how to turn the lights on, how to, how to fill a mop bucket, mm-hmm. how to turn a computer on. If you find like how to troubleshoot stuff. And we, we, I don't think we've stopped writing SOP since we started the incubator. We always find someone we're like, let's write an SOP for it. You know? And it just, it's definitely streamlines everything. I, I think that's so critical. I think, I think that last thing you just said, yeah, don't assume anything you, you know if there's something that needs to be done just write it down and write down how to do it how, how did you guys get your staff trained up i guess that was kind of what i was alluding to yeah the incubator i mean all that all everything you guys just said was i think spot on but how did you you knew once you wrote these sops down how did you get everyone trained up and on board we we're we are very very fortunate that we have two coaches in our gym that basically came to us and we're like, well, we want full-time career. We want to do this full-time. This, this is before we started to rank you. Like this is right when we took over. Yeah. Uh, they said we want, we want to, we want to be full-time. So when we started with two brain and we started this incubator process, it was, it was really, we're very fortunate in the fact that we could, Tyler and I could learn a process, SOP it, run it a couple times, not very long, not having to run it very long. And then we were, it was very easy um, to transition onto these two coaches. So Tyler and I never really got tied up doing anything for too long. And we were able to kind of like our mentors will say that we kind of, we get a task and we whip through it really quickly. We get it done and then we move on and we're ready for the next thing. So we uh, we're very fortunate. We have two full-time coaches um, that work very, very hard um, and they want this to, to be their career. So it was, it, there at, at the time at the time when we were just starting the, like going through this process we did we had the one and we, we kind of had him in like a general manager head coach role mm-hmm. initially um and then we had a second 
coach come to us with a more of a full-time attitude and, and they were running a new, they wanted to get into running a nutrition program. And at that time we were going through the incubator and we knew we had to open up a few more legs for, for income streams. Um, so it was a no brainer to bring her on. She was good friends with our general manager. Um, and she had it, she had a good, uh, rapport in, in the CrossFit industry. So we brought her on. Um, and it was, she kind of came on at a good time because we were just, we were, we were starting to grow at that time. And we had all these other like lags that we needed to fulfill. And she fulfilled one of them for us. And that allowed our general manager to just focus on the other two. And we could just kind of take an even further step back, uh, and, and just run operationally and, 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 and grow and put things and implement things and run this. And we're lucky that they're both very driven, just like we are. And, and, they kind of understand, like, I think initially we were pretty hard people to work for just cause like, like we're, we like things done a certain way, but I feel like they have the same mindset as us. Like they, they like things done right. Um, they, they like to follow up on things and they, and they like the, they like having systems in place. So it was kind of an easy transition for us. Like, I don't even know what I would, we would do without them. I don't know where we would be without them, to be honest. <laughs> I, I don't know how other people do it because apparently this isn't normal. So to me, this is normal. So I don't know. What, I don't know how other people do it. I mean, that's true. I, I think. I, I think it's both, right? Like, if you're fortunate enough to find people who are on board and 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 proactive from the get and who are hungry, it did, I, I think it took a bit to to make them aware of the possibilities for sure. But I think going through the incubator and having. Uh, people who have done it firsthand and people who have experienced growth and have experienced the opportunity to make money as a personal trainer and, and uh, a staff member of a gym or a CrossFit in the CrossFit industry. Once they kind of heard that and it, we, we, they just got back from the summit in Chicago and what, and we brought both those coaches with us. I wasn't there, but John went down with them. I think it kind of opened their eyes and said, Hey, like Ty and John aren't blowing smoke. Like this is real. And, and we're starting to see it. And now we've heard it from, from many other people. And I think that even motivated them even more. So, yeah, I think that's that education piece. Right? Yeah, just showing them what's possible. I think you're totally right. I think you're totally right. That that's a that's a big, that's a very important piece. It's a massive misconception, man. Like I talk to my family even all the time, and they're like, "How's the gym going?" And I'm like, "It's going great. Like it's growing." And they're like, "Yeah, like, you're only gonna make this." Or like it's it's really just a hobby, you know what I mean? And you're like, and I usually just I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't even want to tell them what the possibilities are because no one's gonna believe you. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I I do I do know what you mean on that one. Yeah, no, I I totally I can relate to that for sure. So so tell tell me a little about then the system that you guys have built out uh, to attract new members in, in the in the paid advertising piece. Tell me about, you know, what you guys do there and a little bit about the SOPs that you have for your for your, for your staff to make sure you guys are taking care of lead and, and making sales. Okay, so so before we even got into marketing, we were at that point where we were developing these SOPs and we were kind of streamlining our intake process. So first of all, we had to put one in place. So we said, okay, well, when people come in through the door or people contact us, what's our process going to be? It needs to be the same all every time. Right. Um, no matter the channel that they came in exactly. so even before you're doing ads. So that was when we implemented the no sweat intro. We kind of, we kind of put that name on it. We put the system in place on the computer and in our POS system, we uh, gave them, what is it? Two, two clicks or less. You can book on every social media platform yep. or every 
every yeah. platform that we had, they could book with one click or two clicks or less. Um, and it all went to our, our operating system. We use Zen planner and, uh, I kind of embedded that in every, every system that we had working with, uh, one of our guys that does all that for us. And we made it very simple. We sat down, we had a meeting, we showed the coaches other than our, our manager and, and our other head coach that we were just telling you about. And we said, okay, guys, here's, here's what we have going on. Here's a no sweat intro. All you need to be able to do when people come in is click this link. Here's, here's all the links on Instagram, on Facebook, on our website. And here's the, here's a giant link on all the computers in the gym. If someone walks through the door and, and asks you a question about the gym, you say, perfect click the link and I'm going to sign you up for a 15 minute no sweat intro. Right. You can have a discussion with them. No more of this. Here's our prices. Here's this. Perfect. Let's get you signed up for a 15 minute no sweat intro. And they were all on board with that. And they've been doing that ever since. And it's way easier for them just because, just because of the way we kind of operate things. We don't have a front admin girl at this point. We're starting to explore that now with, with growth, but it was an easy way for them to walk away from class for two minutes and say, get them booked in. It's like if you're coaching class, you're working out, it's fine here. Go to this link. You tell that person, no, no, no. Just yeah, it's yeah, if they're if they're caught up, they're coaching, whatever. It's like great. Take two seconds, point them to this link, and you can go back. Essentially, it just essentially everything went to the no sweat intro. We even created an actual paper copy of the information we needed to book a no sweat intro. So if they were really jammed up, they could say, hey, yeah, perfect. Here, fill this sheet out, this intake form out, um, and I'll be over to talk to you if you have fifteen minutes. If not, just leave this on our desk, and we'll get you booked in. Fill this out. Um, so that streamlined everything in that case. And we, we had our, we already got a lot of opportunities without even marketing yet to at least contact people. So that was our first step in creating leads like organic leads is at least we can contact these people. We had a pro- huge problem with people coming in and coach saying, Oh, this person came in. Oh, what's their phone number? Oh, I didn't get a phone number. I just got first name. Right. Oh, we can't do much with a first name. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of hard. And we, we didn't realize the importance that we need that we need to have ways of contacting these people. So we kind of started with that first. We had the NSIs in process before we or process in place before we uh, started marketing. And we kind of started practicing with me and John doing the first couple, I believe. Yep. And at that same time, we developed the NSI process. Um, we developed our on-ramp process. And we just to add in, um, we also have a lot of, like, when someone signs up, we created basically uh, automated lead nurturing. This is before um, Facebook marketing, but we have an automatic lead nurturing with follow-up emails and text messages we, that we put in through our operating system so that when someone did get put into the system or booked for an NSI, there was an automatic chain of emails and text messages that went to that person so that we were constantly keeping in contact with them until the the date or the time of their NSI. How long did it take for you guys to build out that lead nurture sequence, the automated one? A week, was it? I don't know how fast people go through the incubator, but I mean, like I, there was nights where I, we, I was up till like, I would just stay up all night and just get like, like I would write out like yeah. processes all night long. And then I think sometimes we would come back to our mentor and, and she would be like, Oh my God, I can't believe you guys have done all this stuff. Yeah. I think we did. <laughs> we did the, uh, I think I did all the emails, like all the follow-up emails and the text messages done in one day. And then I went, uh, I actually went, to visit my family up north and um i still like each morning before my family was up i, I finished off like all of our follow-up on-ramp e- emails so like we went we went through it pretty quick. i think we were kind of lucky because we had we were doing it together so 
we would go through all the modules. Sometimes we would sit down and do it together, go through the modules. And then we would just say, okay, Hey, you get this done. I'll get this done. So I, th- I think at the same time, it was, it's kind of hard to explain, but Gibby was getting those done. And I think I was rolling out the on-ramp program at that time, mm-hmm. like actually building that. So by the time he had all the automations and those systems in place, the on-ramp was built out and all the NSI stuff was implemented. So it was kind of just came together as one. And then we were ready to present it to our two head coaches. That's beautiful. Teamwork makes the dream work. I love it. That's great. But I mean, I guess I only asked that because yeah, so yeah, it took some time, took some late nights, but, but it was once you did it, you did it, right? It was done. It's the beauty of it. Once it's in place and running and uh, you can just, you can kind of stick and move, right? You get one thing done you, and, and you make sure it runs and then you move on. And then if you got to come back to it later on, but at least it's been running that time, right? You kind of running through it yourself too. And then that way you can see if you made any mistakes or if there's any flaws anywhere, anything you can fix. And before you pass it on to another team member, right? I feel like that's super important too. It's probably pretty easy when you get busy to just make a system up and be like, I'm not even going to run this. I'm just going to give it to my coaches to to, to operate and then they run into issues and you're like, well, I don't even know where the issue came from. Right. Right. You gotta, you gotta beta test it first or put yourself through it. Yeah. But our mentor told us anyway, like, she's like, you guys have to be going, you guys have to run some NSIs yourself. You have to run some on ramps yourself before. Totally. So that was what we did. All right. So now you guys have some systems, right? So you, you, you built out an automated lead nurture sequence. You standardize the process for booking, you know, sweat intros or for people who come in, through any kind of pipeline, uh, and the the sales process itself is written down, the the on ramp process is written down. Now you guys are ready for some paid traffic. What happened? So that was at that point. I think we finished the incubator. Yeah, we moved in, and then we were introduced to another like the marketing mentor, um, and we kind of he just kind of got us started going through like the incubator for Facebook marketing. Um, I had actually already like played around with ads with with a friend of mine. Um, cause I was, I had realized after, uh, that guy had approached right. about, right. about ads, I had, I had started looking into it with a friend of mine who, who does marketing and he's like, yeah, yeah. He kind of showed, walked me through Facebook, showed me how to build out like advertisements, how to, how to put all that stuff in. I didn't know too much about the details of it, but I knew how to build one. So I had already built a couple ads that we weren't running. I didn't turn on. I just built them. Just, I don't know why this is, I didn't even know about it in the incubator yet. So when I went through the incubator, we were going through a few of the stages and I'm like, Holy, like I already know how to do all this stuff. So, so that kind of saved me a lot of time, like actually how to build up an ad. So I think by the time we got to that point, I had already had the ads built when we met Dan. We had some, we had some stuff and we had, obviously we had no copy. We didn't have, no, no, no. We didn't have the actual copies yet. Cause they, those were all in your folders, but I had already had some, use some like stock fo- like photos from our gym and stuff like that. And yeah. all I had to do really was just cut and paste it into our ad sets, change the like demographic, change our, our limitations on who we wanted to, who we wanted to, this to approach. I could see how that part of it would be very difficult if you were doing it on the fly, like you would really have to sit down and go through it. So I kind of had like a semi mentor take me through a pre and then I went back through it and kind of learned the details about it. So I was able to focus more on that stuff. Um, I was the opposite where I had, Ty did that Facebook, that little prelude Facebook thing before we got into the uh, the Facebook marketing incubator. I had zero. So when I started talking with Dan Besnett, our, our marketing mentor, I that was like learning from scratch for me. And Dan makes it really, he made it really simple and easy to understand. So I was able, you know, Tyler was, was already like right on the same page with Dan. Like every click was like, yeah, I know how to do that. We're good. Yeah. And we, he moved through really quick where, but Dan also made it, 
very understanding for me to go through um, so that, I mean, Tyler handles most of the Facebook marketing stuff right now, but I still, I have a very good understanding of what's good, what's going on when Ty does, when Tyler does stuff. Like it's just that he does a lot of the, the click and, and drags yeah. and a lot of the typing and stuff like that. But I, I have a, because of Dan and going through that with me, I have a hundred percent understanding of it. Yeah. So logistic, logistically going through and being able to build it up, I had a good understanding of, but I still didn't understand like the metrics of it. So I, I think going through the incubator for Facebook marketing really taught me like what the numbers mean. So like your clicks per, like your, your clicks per link or I or sorry, your link clicks or your cost per lead um, or like those, those different numbers, like that huge, that huge like page of numbers that you're like, what are all these numbers? Like, yeah, right. I kind of like that. So of columns. Yeah. Just like what it's telling you, how they're performing and, and, and important stuff for like when to shut down like ad sets or like shut down one, one ad in a set or change the pic, swap the picture out or swap the, swap the description or details out. And, and Dan kind of helped us with that stuff. And, and it's actually super important for keeping things like learning and, and keeping things off or operating at a, at a certain level. So then you reach this. So then for your first campaign, you know, how, how much traffic did you end up generating? How many leads? So we're actually, we're still running our first campaign with the, with the, we started with the eight week female pro challenge. Yep. Um, and the one I just, the one I told you about there, I think we've been running it since May 23rd or 24th. So we're just over a month. I think it's a month and four days. Um, and that was our first campaign that we rolled out. So we ran, we ran one ad set with three ads, like three copies. I think for the first three weeks, uh, two were performing really well and one was performing a little, a little poorer than the other. So we swapped it out and then now they're all running at the same level. Um, I think we're still pretty low on that, but anyway, they generated in the first month, I think we generated 110. And now I think in the last four days we generated another like 15. So we were at 125 leads in just over a month. And so you did that a hundred, we hit that point. We hit the hundred lead. That actually happened. Yeah, it actually yeah. happened. And so what happened, you know, how did you guys handle that? Or you just, you just handled it. You knew you could handle it. You had it done. First, first off, having all those processes in place made it pretty easy. I think at first we were a little, like, I think we started getting a little bit overwhelmed with it, but then we kind of, I went back through the incubator and was like, well, how do you handle this? Like, if you get too many people. And I think the first problem we had, and it was something that we didn't see coming was we were trying to tend to these people's schedules instead of worrying about our schedule. So we were worrying about them a little more than ourselves. And I went back through and it said, just give them times to book. Don't say when does it right. work. For you? Right. When does it work for you? Cause people will come like you have nine people that want to come in at one time or I just, we just went back. So we had that problem because we our coaches were saying, well, if this time doesn't work for you, I'll just, I'll make it work for you. What yeah. time we had people coming at nine o'clock at night, people coming in at seven in the morning and, and our coaches really couldn't make it work, but they were making it work. You know what I mean? So we went back to, okay, here's your three slots. These are the times we have available. And that, and that really kind of streamlined the volume and, and we were able to handle it a little better. Um, and we tried to book people in very quick. So we'd keep them in that three day window. If it wasn't that day or, or right then it was in the, within the next two days. We would do, we would also do the, if, Hey, if you're available to come in right now, come in right now. Yeah. And, and we just told the coaches really, because at that point after we had run it, we only, we did the first like probably like 30 leads we were doing the NSIs and I did the first couple on ramps. And then after that, we hit passed it off. So they had another 95 leads at that point. And I think they were getting a little overwhelmed because they were doing that. They were saying, come in now, come in, come in, whatever works for you. I'll book you in. I said, put in your availability on your schedule. And if, if those times don't work for people, then we'll, then we'll have to find another time that works for them. Like we're going to generate enough leads here that, that we can make it work. 
can't just we can't just put it on their schedule because it's not going to work. Yeah, giving them that uh, I've got this time available. I got option A and option B. Which would you prefer? Right. It, I, I, I personally think it actually makes it easier for them. I feel like a lot of time when you say, "Hey, what's best for you?" For they yeah. either can't think of a time or they 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 don't actually know like what works for them. If you yeah, give them a time, if you just give a time, like they'll agree to something. You know what I mean? You give them a couple options, they'll make yeah. it work. I'm the same way. If I'm given an appointment, like I'll show up for my appointment. Totally, totally. Awesome. And I know we, we talked about it at the beginning. So 100 elites, so you guys generated what, over $5,000 of front-end sales from yeah from that and first think, campaign? Yeah, I think the actual calculation is like 5,100 something, and we've spent about 800. We're just over 800. I want to say 840 or 50 bucks. Not not far off from that, just on that female, the female one. Um, and Dan wanted us, Dan is our mentor for marketing. He wanted us to start with the females and, and practice on on working with the women first. He said it's just a little bit different as far as the sales tactics go. So we started working on that. We did the first few, got our team working on it, and they kind of got into the sales thing. And they've learned a lot from from watching you on the on the uh, incubator and going through your right. stuff. So they're constantly going through it. That's awesome. But besides this, right? Besides this additional growth and revenue from the paid ads, like I know we talked about raising prices and raising the value of your service. Obviously, you've had you've generated enough additional income to hire that other coach. What have you seen as the big change, like or well, the big difference after going through the incubator between before and, and and where you guys are now? I think the biggest change that we've seen after going through the incubator is that through implementing all these our SOPs and all these processes, it's given Tyler and I an opportunity to step back from the the hands on day to day stuff. And it allows us to uh, grow the business, you know, work on new things, work on building out revenue strike. And that, that's another big thing is revenue streams. Like we had one single revenue stream before we started with Incubator. Yeah, we were like, we now need 300 we, members. Yeah. We need 300 CrossFit members or we're going to go bankrupt. Yeah. Now we have multiple different revenue streams. We have a business that stands on more than one leg. Um, so that's been, the, I guess, one of the biggest things. But since doing, doing Incubator, Tyler and I sit back and and we can look at either bringing in new revenue stream, like implementing new revenue streams or, you know, creating new SOPs or, or really sitting back and evaluating what works and what doesn't work for us. So, I mean, I don't even think that before the incubator process, I don't even think Tyler and I, or I, I wouldn't have been able to take that, you know, that four days and go to Chicago and for the summit and, and learn and learn everything that I did there again. So it's given us the ability to step back and really grow our business as opposed to just work in our business. That's amazing. Um, I think that's great. And I think that's exactly the, that's the point, right? We want you, we want you guys working on the business instead of in the business a hundred percent. That's the only way that, that it, that it can work, I, I think. And so you guys have, have come a long way, right? You started as coaches three years ago. Um, took over this this business without any kind of background in business. You guys said it yourself, and then you went from from charging, you know, under you know fifty dollars less, eighty dollars less than market value for your services to to being able to turn that around, to being able to grow your team, to to get systems in place to a point where hey, if you want to attract. 20, 30 new members a month and, and generate some extra revenue. You guys can do that. Your infrastructure can handle it. You know how to do it. 
So what do you think has been the key to the success so far for you guys? Uh, what's the key to our success so far? I would say like I, teamwork and communication through consistency and consistency, working consistently with each other. Um, good communication between Tyler and I to make sure that we're both handling the size of the business that we need to handle. Um, good positive communication with our coaches is, is a key to success. Also, um, for me, uh, for me specifically, I think the key to my success is understanding what I don't know and reaching out to people that have done this before. Um, I find I gain a lot of knowledge through just the two brain family, um, on the Facebook marketing page, on the, on the actual, the, the, resources the yeah. Facebook page so yeah going after the resources that we like you know understand like well we don't know how to do this so let's talk to someone who has rather than trying to spin in circles um and and try and figure it out on our own I think that's been the biggest key to our success is just understanding what we don't know and and looking at the resources that we have and utilizing them yeah I think I think just like the willingness to not fail man like <laughs> I feel like we'd be willing to do anything to just like make it work if I have to run nine Christmas Palooza competitions a year, I'll do it to, to keep the business afloat. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't just going to coast into the ground. We would have done anything we had to, regardless if we had got into the two brain thing. I think just getting into the two brain thing and doing the incubator uh, just made that, made that process and, and learning way more valuable. And instead of spinning our tires for five years and just grinding, we, we kind of streamlined things and, our, our work was our efforts were a lot more focused on things that were going to pay off down long term, um, and give us the ability to keep growing and keep implementing new things. Um, and I think a lot of people, I'm not, and I, and I think a lot of people get it done. It's just it takes them an exponentially longer period of time to get these things in place, and it, and it costs you a lot of money to learn where you're making mistakes. So I think we got, kind of going through the incubator kind of helped us just just uh, expedite that process and save us a lot of money and time. And and uh, I'm grateful for it for sure. And and I know that it's made our gym better and I know that it's made it a way better environment and it's given the the coaching environment and from an employee standpoint a way be, way more opportunity so way more valuable for us on all on all fronts. That's awesome guys. And and I think that you know, what you guys are saying, communication and, and, and I think that seems to, that's probably key, especially for partnerships. And, it, it, you know, I, we've been on here for 40 minutes, but I can tell, you know, you obviously you guys have a good rapport and a good understanding with one another on kind of who's doing what and, and, and keeping that line of communication open constantly, I think is probably, probably a big key there because a lot of partnerships don't. We kind of need rules. I don't know if we discussed that. Yeah. We may need to do a whole other episode just to talk about how to how to sustain a good partnership but yeah but yeah talk, talk tell me a little about the rules thing um so this is actually pretty recent i think it kind of happened organically too like we yeah. kind of didn't step on each other's toes a lot at the start anyway yeah. but we were kind of just he was doing some of the same things i was doing and we were kind of just overlapping and and i think we kind of just said hey like we well, need to focus on this i think that was actually before we got into incubator where we kind of realized hey look like you got to yeah. focus on this you focus on that It'll just make it a little bit more manageable for us. Because I feel like we we ran into the problem with a partnership. I think the biggest problem that we noticed right off the bat was people come and ask you one thing 
And then they go and ask the other guy the next thing. And then you, and then one guy saying this, one guy saying that. And I, I think we kind of just put a nail in the coffin right away on that. It was like, Hey, like we're, we're an open line with each other. So if you ask, if you ask John one thing and ask me one thing, I'm telling you right now, we've already communicated and we, and we already know what's going on. So you're not going to be able to like pull the wool over on our eyes, so to speak in that situation. So from the start, we kind of always had good communication in that respect, but I think that was the hardest obstacle uh, being a partnership at the start was people would try to say one thing to one guy and then you would get inf- information from another source. And then it was kind of like, well, you have two things being said at the same time. And we kind of just put a stop to that right away. Yeah. We just knew what each other were good at. And then I let Tyler be good at what he's good at. And he lets me be good at what I'm at. We do have to like, cross over it sometimes and, and, and do things together. And obviously, and, and sometimes I got to help him out. Sometimes he's got to help me out, but we've kind of just established what our roles are and what things we take care of. And if it's something that he purely takes care of on his own, I don't, I don't bother him about it. I don't, I don't get in his way about it. I don't interject. And same thing with me. If it's something that I take care of on my own, he just lets me handle it and and, and do that. But we, we are fully aware of what each other are doing. That's great guys. And so speaking of communication, if, uh, if people want to talk to you, if people want to find you, they want to just learn more. How can they, how can they find you? Uh, they can uh, e- easily, they can fire us an email at uh, crossresurrection at gmail.com. Um, they could DM us on our Instagram page. We're really quick to get back on that. Uh, emails, I think we respond in less than like, yeah. less than an hour off, or emails, even quicker most of the time. Um, but that's the easiest way to get a hold of us is uh, via email or uh, drop us a line on Yeah, on we both have media. access to all that stuff, so we all see it. Or our Facebook page. Yeah, our Facebook page is a good way to get a hold of us too. Awesome, guys. Well, I'm excited for uh, what the rest of 2019 holds for you. I'm excited for the men's campaign. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited for for your continued growth. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We greatly appreciate you and everyone that has subscribed to us. If you haven't done that, please make sure you do drop a like to the episode, share with a friend. And if you haven't already, please write us a review and rate us on how, what you think. If you hated it, let us know if you loved it even better. See you guys later.